0: Father, we declare that there will be a full manifestation. Everything that you've shown us, we'll see it with our natural, physical eyes. We thank you in advance and give you the glory for the victory in each and every one of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. We declare that. We decree that. We say that it is so in the awesome, mighty, majestic name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Why don't you just lift your hands and thank God for that right now? Those are the sweetest moments right there is when we're just quiet and letting God be God. Thank you for your presence father. You are the great I am which simply means whatever we need you to be that's what you are and so if there's healing that needs to be uh, manifested, it's here. If there's victory, if there's jobs, if there's restoration, whatever it is, it's here right now. And just receive it. Follow the instructions and walk in it. And Father, bless this service today. Bless every heart that came in expecting to receive. Let not one person walk out the same way that they came in. Father, the anointing that's on this service, that's on your word to remove burdens and destroy yokes will continue to manifest and reveal itself. Your word will be deposited into the good ground of hearts today. Some will manifest 30, some 60, but some will have 100-fold production because of the condition of their hearts and how they hear. And Father, we give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service today in Jesus name. Amen. If you're a veteran in this building today, would you remain standing everyone else can be seated. If you're a veteran in this building today, would you please remain standing everyone else can be seated. All veterans please remain standing. Come on, we can do better than that, Linked Up Church. We know a lot of you all were out on last week. We had a small uh, just service. Uh, We had a video and some light refreshments. And so we know that the actual day was yesterday. And so uh, we just want to take extra time. I don't think we can thank our veterans enough. If we did it the whole month of November, we couldn't do it enough. And so publicly, I just wanted to thank you for your service, your sacrifice. I get to stand here today uh, because of the price that you pay, and I want you to know it has not gone, gone unnoticed. It is extremely appreciated, and may God continue to bless your life for what you've done for this great country. Thank you so much. Let's give our veterans a, another big round of applause. Thank you so much. Praise God. You can be seated. Man, just special praise and worship today. My spirit is just so full right now. Just special praise and worship today. I just don't want to rush. Just good, 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 good praise and worship today. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you have not taken step two yet, discovering church membership, you certainly can do that today. Uh, If you've come down and decided that you wanted to join and just haven't taken the classes yet, uh, today is your day uh, right after this service. Uh, It's your opportunity to be a part my wife and I. We'd be honored to serve uh, as your pastors. Of course, we're in a series entitled Grow. Just some of the things that people have shared with me that's just blessed my life. Uh, I had one person uh, send me an inbox and they said, Pastor, I'm 40 years old. I've been in church since I was 10. And I've grown more in the last three weeks of my own personal study and devotion than I have in 30 years of going to church. And that's just one like that. Another lady shared with me, she inboxed me, and she said, Pastor, I decided to just do, I've been stressing out about employment and a job, and I decided to just pursue God and study God every single day. And and, uh, a person that she ended up working with, Years ago, ended up calling her about a position that was opening up. She didn't even look for it. The position found her, uh, ended up getting a a tremendous raise. And this was the beauty. The the position required education that she didn't have. And it's just something about the presence and the favor of God on your life that when you pursue him, he causes these things to pursue you. And those are just two of many uh, that have been shared with me of people taking control of their lives and not waiting to get to church. Realizing there's a lot of life lived between Sunday and the next Sunday that you're responsible for, right? And when we get here, we just supplement and add to what you've already been doing. We don't replace and so we've been in this series for a couple of weeks, and today is really what I call the sweet spot. If you 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 live 120 years, if you can master what you're getting ready to hear today, you'll live it stress free too, because you'll be free from people. So most of people's hangups are other people. It's not God. <laughs> And so, let's go back over some things in our introduction. If you're watching via Facebook Live, however, you're watching online, we want to welcome you. Thank you for being a part of our service today. You can follow along, You Version Bible app. That's the best way. All of these notes are right there. The outline is right there. You can take additional notes with the notes that are already given to you. Uh, go to the event section. Pull up Linked Up Church. Follow along. You can participate in this service right online or right here uh, in the service. Of course, the uh, headings will go up there. You can take your notes if you're not uh, technologically savvy. So in our introduction, let's just look at four points to take us back before we go forwards. Uh, Number one, remembering or remember that growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it requires the development, letter A, of eight graces, They have to work in conjunction with each other and it must be done with all diligence where we gradually produce a Christ-like character. God sent Jesus into the world so that we could look like his son. That's the highest goal of, of being a believer. Number two, reasons to grow in the knowledge include all of these we've already learned. Grace and peace will be multiplied In this knowledge, I can use more favor. I I can use more graciousness. I can use more of God's kindness, peace, irony to be set at one, wholeness, prosperity. How many of y'all can use more wholeness in your life, more prosperity in your life? Well, it's multiplied. It's not just added, it's multiplied in this knowledge. All things pertaining to life and godliness are provided through this knowledge or another way to say that is through this relationship you don't have to spend the rest of your life trying to get things spend the rest of your life growing in God and the things will find you He's already provided everything that you will ever need, as we've learned. Spiritual amnesia is avoided by this knowledge. You you won't forget. You'll never stumble if you abound and you increase in this knowledge. And I love this one. There'll be an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom. It'll be yours. There will be a grand entrance into your eternal destiny because you decided to grow and make your life look like your Savior. Number three. The development of the Christ-like character begins with the foundation of faith. We have to have a strong conviction and trust in God. Once we find out the promise of God, then we've got to put all of our trust and conviction in that promise, to which we add the quality of virtue. Now we want to excel in that. We really want that manifested and to be true in our lives. And then it's manifested by increasing in the knowledge regarding God's will. So we found out what the promise is. We have a desire to excel in that. Then this person is going to learn everything that they can around that and sometimes it's not all spiritual it's spiritual and natural depending on on what that is and then it's going to be manifested or, or to the which will add the grace of self-control mastering one's desires and passions how many of we've got to learn how to control ourselves yes. or ourselves will control us yes. anybody learned that yet right So so it can take us out. We know what God said. We want to excel in it. We've learned everything around it. But if we don't learn how to control ourselves, right, it'll take us out uh, at that level. And then we add the grace of perseverance, which is this ability to bear up under trials, right? Or I like to say it this way. It's the ability to continue controlling yourself every day regardless of what you're going through. And then today, you'll see there's a logical reason. This one blessed me. I know I say it every week, but it, it just blesses me so much. You'll notice that godliness today is connected to perseverance. And I think we need to understand why it's connected, and we will today, because there's a very logical connection to why godliness would be connected to perseverance. So as we've done previously, let's first seek to discern what the word godliness means. Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's just read our text very quickly, and then we'll get into the definition of it. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8 says, For this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, and then to perseverance godliness. Okay? Let's talk about that today. Number one. Three areas we're going to look at is the definition of godliness today, the demand number two for godliness, and then the development of godliness. We'll just look at three areas of that today. Let's first look at the definition. Number one, the definition of godliness. The Greek word is eusebia, E-U-S-E-B-I-A, and it literally means to worship well or to be very devout. Uh, Vines describes it as denoting that piety, piety means a reverence and a respect, which is characterized by a Godward attitude that does that which is well-pleasing to God. So this is a person who has a lot of reverence and respect in their heart for God and is manifested by this overwhelming desire To please God. And when you get to a place where you want to please God more than people, you have arrived. Because here's the reality. You will never please people. On your best day, they will only find what you did wrong on your best day. The ISBE, which is the International Study Bible Encyclopedia Describes it as character and conduct determined by the principle of love or fear, which is reverence of God, in your heart or in the heart. So we can kind of summarize the definition this way. It is a pious or respect and reverent conduct done with a desire to please God. So you'll see then why it follows perseverance I mean, if you're you're living, you're going through something. If you're not, then you just came out of something. Heading towards something else. Come on, somebody say amen in here. Right? And if you don't understand the why behind why I need to stay under, you can't bear up under that. So godliness following perseverance discerns motives. So when you're trying to please people, you're going to get found out real fast because <laughs> they're going to let you down, right? But when you're trying to please God, then you won't change. Watch this, regardless of what people do. her be here under the definition is contrasted with hypocrisy. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul warned us against this. 2 Timothy chapter 3 is contrasted with hypocrisy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 says, But know this, that in the last days which we're living in, perilous times will come. How many of you know we're living in disastrous times right now? When you're talking about people walking into a church, just killing innocent people. Come on. That, that, I mean, these are bad times that we're living in. I watched the police chasing a guy on the freeway, which wasn't even the suspect. I'm thinking to myself, just pull the car over. And the guy kept going, rammed into another vehicle, lost his life over something like that. Folks, these are disastrous times that we're living in. If you look at what's happening in Hollywood with all of these people coming out who've been abused, it's horrible. But guess what, folks? The church will be a part of that. I think it's time for people in the church to be exposed. I don't mean that in a negative way. What I'm saying is the scripture says judgment starts at the house of God. The example needs to be here before we try to hold the world to a standard that we're not willing to live by ourselves. And so he says, this know that in the last days, disastrous, perilous times will come. This is what it'll look like. Men will be lovers of themselves. We see that. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Wow. Disobedient to parents. They threw that in there. It's a good nugget if you're raising your children. (laughs) Unthankful, ungrateful people, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers. Look at this, without self-control. Brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Interesting. look at verse five, having a form of godliness. See, that form can manifest itself in singing? Serving, preaching. Come on, don't shout me down, somebody. But he said, but denying the power thereof. So then if you keep it in context, the power of godliness then must look opposite of everything that we just read. So the way to recognize and and, and notice people is not by what they say, not the form that they have, but how do they actually live? Amen. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen out here. Because people will fool you. They will trick you. Hello, somebody. Amen. And he just said all of these individuals have a form. Amen. They denied the power and the ability to change their lives. Amen. Amen. Jesus also warned against this. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Godliness is important. I said, godliness is important. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus warned against this. We won't read all of the verses, but in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 18, we're going to read down to verse 4 because the theme is consistent all the way down to verse 18. Verse 1 says, take heed that you do not your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. He did not say you couldn't do deeds before people. He said that your motive can't be. To be seen by people. I've had people tell me, why do you all do that? That's just a show. That's your show, but that wasn't our motive for doing that. Everybody still with me out there? He told you, he didn't say that you couldn't. He just said, don't do it for the purpose of the motive to be seen by men. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father in heaven. Therefore, when you do your charitable deed... Do not sound a trumpet as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have the glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself give you an open reward. Motive. See, see, at the end of the day, only God knows the heart. The why behind whatever it is that we're doing, right? Then later on, all the way down to verse 18, he talks about and When you pray, don't pray to be seen. Then he says, as the hypocrites do, right? He said, when you fast, don't fast to be seen. Don't, don't walk around, oh, I'm going through it. Don't, take, don't do all of that. We, I haven't had uh, that need. Don't do all of that, right? Because that's to be seen by men. He said, they have their reward, right? But, but do it in secret. And your father, which sees in secret, he'll reward it openly. So let's follow that theme today because that's godliness at the end of the day. You'll find that you can spend less time arguing with people if you just focus more on honoring God. Because there are people who just know what buttons to push with you. So unless we have this Godward attitude, what he's saying here, then any act of piety can be viewed as hypocrisy. Because our motives will be revealed by who it is we're trying to please. Letter C, still looking at the definition, it's connected to perseverance. Let's see if we can understand why. We know perseverance is bearing up under trials. We know that that's commendable if it's done for the right reason. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. Bearing up under trials is commendable. See, we want to get to a place where... We go through, but nobody know we went through. Did you all hear what I just said? I'm talking about when we share the story, people are saying, "I didn't even know you were going through all of that." Because see, it's revealing a motive when you got to tell everybody your problems, especially if your problems are talking about other people. Small people talk about other people. Big people, great people talk about ideas, creativity, progress. Hello, somebody. Let's look at our example. Go with me to First Peter chapter 2. Let's start at verse 18. Servants, be submissive. Boy, that's a cuss word right there, submissive. To your masters with all fear. Now, of course, in the society that they lived in, it was masters and slaves. Today, we would have employers and employees, right? And so employees, be submissive to your employers out of a reverence and respect. A lot of times you can't reverence and respect the person, but you can the office. And it's a sign of maturity when you can look past the person And still have a reverence and respect for the office that they stand in. That's why you don't want to hang around people who talk about authorities. It says, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. So over the course of all of our lives, we're going to work for people that we like working for. We are. You're going to have some people that you work for that you just... I like this environment. But you're going to work for some other people where you'll say, help me, Jesus. And guess which one is more beneficial for your growth? No one answered that question. I asked the question, which one is more beneficial for your growth? The one that's harsh. For this is commendable if because of, here it is, conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. The scripture just said that's commendable, which tells you over the course of your life, you are going to suffer grief. And you've done nothing wrong. Somebody shout about that. Come on, that's a good place. To Nobody like that. Nah, that ain't nothing to shout about right there. But that's called life. And you need that in your life. Get ready to prove it to you. If because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully, watch this, for what credit if is it If you are beaten for your faults, you take that patiently. But what if you do good and suffer? If you take that patiently, that's what's commendable before God. I'm about to prophesy something over to you right now. Over the course of your life, you are going to do everything that you could have done right. And it's all going to go wrong. Somebody shout about that in this place. No, that was, to see, that wasn't even real. I was like, eh. But it's called life, right? See, the only way I can develop perseverance and godliness to, to check my motives is to go through something like that. See, because if I'm really doing what I'm doing for God, then why would I change because of what somebody else did to me? Oh, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. Amen. All right, because we're getting ready to go with this a little bit now, right? Why would I change? Why did what they did to me stop me from serving? Why if what they did to me made me quit? It revealed the reason why I was doing it in the first place. Oh, Lord, for to this you were called. That's a typo. Is that what verse 21 says? We're called to live this way? So really what I went through was just par for the course. But of course, if I would have stopped, It would have revealed. Or watch this. If I would have fought back, it would have revealed. Right? Because when you feel like you have to take matters into your own hands, you took it personal. And you can't grow that way. Man, listen. This will put hair on your chest. Come on, somebody, not ladies. (laughs) She looked at me like, I don't want no hair on my chest. (laughs) For to this you were called. Oh, because Christ also suffered for us. So if he suffered for us, then we will probably have to suffer for him. Uh, come on somebody because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example oh that we should follow his steps who committed no sin no was any deceit found in his mouth who when he was reviled when they talked about him he did not revile in return when he suffered He didn't threaten nobody. See, here's the motive. But he committed himself to him who judges righteously. See, when you get there and you think you've been done wrong on a job, You don't need to become a private investigator and taping every conversation every time you get around your boss and trying to capture every word that they say, putting your computer up with the back end that way so nobody can see what you're doing, hit the record button, try to get every word that they're saying, building your case, building your case. You know what that's an indication of? Your motives. You have no relationship with God and you're trying to fight a battle that you'll never win a waste of time and energy. Why? Because if you're really committed to the one who is going to judge it right, then you don't need to fight in that battle. Oh, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. Come on, if the boss is wrong, then let God deal with it. But don't try to get in the place of God, and now you're going to build a case because somebody been coaching you up on how to do it and how to get them and how to fight back. Come on, it's a waste of time, and it shows that you have no trust and confidence and relationship with God for him to make the situation right. Because, honey, when God makes the situation right and everybody can see that God made it right, you can just sit back and say, look at God. Come on, somebody. You can sit back and say, God brought me through that situation like nobody else could. Come on, somebody. Instead of wasting your time. I'm going to capture everything they say. Remember, because here's the reality. If you didn't put them there, you can't take them down. There's some good stuff right here. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Somebody say, I'm ready ready. to go through something. something. See how that kind of (laughs) wanes? Nobody said that's wrong right there, right? Because when you know who you're going through it for, you already know the outcome. So therefore, it's essential that we add godliness to perseverance or we will be bearing up under trials for the wrong reasons. Isn't that good? Yes. So now you see, if unless your motive through that trial is to please God, you're going to get exposed. Let's look at the demand for godliness. The demand for godliness. Number one, Jesus had a desire to please the Father. Now, remember that godliness is a pious conduct and it's done with this desire to please God. This is the sweet spot. And I'm growing in this more and more every day where it's less about people. I love people, but I've now accepted that you can never please people. Not even on your best day. And so you got to get out of that rat race. Hello, somebody and just say, I'm doing this to please God, watch this. If it pleases the people, praise God. Watch this. If it doesn't please the people, praise God. Everybody look to your right. Look at all that glory that just walked at the door over there. Girl, Sasha fears got that little blonde on the top. Just another woman. Look at you, girl. Coming in here, just stopping the whole service, looking so good. Jesus had this desire to please his heavenly father. Go with me to John chapter 8. Of course, Jesus, the backdrop here is he's telling his disciples what's getting ready to happen, what he's got to go through, and he's going to have to leave here pretty soon. See, believe it or not, folks, the, the spirit of God will show you ahead of time what you're getting ready to go through. It's amazing how many people were telling me what they were telling me, But, of course, the ultimate optimist was like, no, that ain't getting ready. It's amazing how many other people saw that. I didn't see it. My wife saw it. So much so, the morning of, she already called other people and told them what was going to happen. I told her, impossible. Bam! (laughs) Best thing could ever happen to me. So Jesus is doing that, but, but look, at where, look at where he's at in verse 29, John chapter 8, verse 29. And he who sent me is with me. <laughs> See, number one, you got to know he sent you. Number two, you got to know he's with you. Right? So he who sent me is with me. The Father, the Father, not people, the Father has not left me alone. You got to get to a place where if everyone leaves you, and only you and God are left, you've got more than what you need to finish the assignment. Come on, you got to get there. That frees you up from people. Well, what if? What if they, what if? Let them do whatever they're going to do because if God is with me and God sent me, we're going to be all right. So he says, the Father has not left me alone. See, for I always do those things that what? Please people. What did he say? What did he say? He said, I always do those things that what? That should be a goal for your life. Every day when you wake up, desire to please the father. And in doing so, you'll please your spouse, your your children. Watch this. Your, Your employees, the people you work with, some of the time. No, the people in your life some of the time, the Father all of the time. But you've got to understand, if it didn't work for them, you and God are still good. Because you know you did your best in that situation unto the Father. Number two, as a disciple, we must seek to please God and not men. Go to Galatians chapter 1. I declare that I am free from people. I declare that you are free from people. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? Wow. For if I still pleased men, then I would not be the servant of Christ. Number three under that one, the apostles taught the disciples that they might please God. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The the apostles taught the disciples that they might please God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound or increase more and more. Just as you have received from us how you ought to walk. And to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. Taught them how to please God, not people. I pray that what I'm teaching you today gives you a higher reason for living. That higher reason should always be my efforts are an attempt to please God. Even if they're towards people, they should be in an attempt to please God. So if I know I did everything in my heart, towards God to help people. I mean, sometimes you can do your best to help people, and they will turn that into something that you never intended it to be. You've got to be able to walk away from that with your head up, knowing what your intent was. God was pleased with your intent. Let them do what they do, and you keep on moving on with your life. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen. So unless it is for the purpose of pleasing God, once again, all of our efforts can be in vain. Have you ever just done, did the best that you could do in a situation and nobody appreciated it? Come on, am I the only one ever been through? So you did the best you could in a situation. And it just, it didn't turn out the way I guess they expected. You've got to be able to walk away from that with your head up. Knowing who you did that for. Letter B, it is profitable for all things. Look at what Paul said here in First Timothy chapter 4. Now, I want you to really listen from your spirit because this is going to be a doctrinal shift, something you're getting ready to hear here. Yeah, remember, what dispensation we're under is the dispensation of grace. In this dispensation, folks, it's not about money. It's about character. Watch this. Now, if you've been paying attention, 99% of the complimentary scriptures that I've used have been from Romans to Jude. Which means the only supporting scriptures I'm using are in the same dispensation. Okay? Watch this. Follow along. It's profitable for all things. Look at what Paul said here in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. He says, if you instruct the brethren in these things, Timothy then you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards, what's that word there? He told him to exercise himself towards godliness. The word exercise there means to practice. It means to train. He said, Timothy, train yourself in godliness, right? If, you're, if you've ever worked out, you've ever been on a team, you, if you've ever trained to do anything, it requires consistency. So he says, exercise yourself towards godliness. Godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, see, for the, for the time that you do it. But if you contrast that, he's saying if you've got to give up one or the other, don't give up your training in godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So notice there's a promise in training in godliness for the life that you now live. And, folks, I'm telling you what that promise is, is that everything you will ever need has already been provided for you. You don't have to chase stuff no more. You don't have to stress out. You don't need five jobs. He'll bless you with one that makes as much money as all five. Come on, I'm preaching. I need a, just a, if I could have just an ounce of faith in here, right? But if you spend all your time trying to get rich in this dispensation, you're going to miss God. And what you're chasing is not in the kingdom. And what you're chasing is never going to work for you. I'll keep working with this thought now. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. And we're going to go back and forth on this one. He says, now godliness, 1 Timothy 6, 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. Great gain. Look up the word gain. It literally means money-getting. So he's saying godliness will produce resources. Isn't that consistent with Matthew 6.33 and everything else? Seek first the kingdom of God. All the stuff. Godliness, folks, purity equals plenty. A lot of times we're chasing a job. Stop smoking. Come on, grow in God. Don't sleep with people you're not married to. Watch everything work out in your life. Come on. See, nobody said amen on all of that in church. Right? Because what we want to hear is throw some money up here and you're going to be a millionaire. And in this dispensation, all you did was throw money on the stage. Because God is not interested in your money. He's interested in your character. Purity equals plenty. 2 Timothy 3, verse 5, we read it earlier. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. So then godliness in this dispensation must be the power of God. You want more power in your life, then live right before God. He said, from such people, turn away. Now, this is going to shock you because most of the time where you're going to run into these people is at church. Somebody better say amen in this place. Right? They'll say all the right things, have all the right forms. Single people, you better pay attention to this. See, where you should be able to separate that is when you leave church. Where does he want to go then? What is he talking about then? Don't take all of that. God made us all this way. God is the one that gave us these desires. He understands. Think about how life works. Would you go buy a car and not test drive it first? <laughs> Come on, they spitting game now, you, right? Because if you continue reading in First Timothy, First Timothy, right after it says they deny her the power thereof, it says these same people they go into houses and lead away captive silly women who are laden down, burdened down in their sins. Having a form. Listen, I'm not exempting myself. Listen, if it's nothing on me, this church will not progress. God will not bless me if I'm wrong in my heart or misusing his resources. You don't have to sit out there and do all that stuff people do. God's not going to be embarrassed. And he's not going to let somebody shame his kingdom. So whatever the leader is doing in secret, I promise you, God will bring it to the light. This will shock you without your help. So stop all that. Stop all that trying to capture every word. Stop all that. It's a waste of your time. How many y'all glad you came to church today? Let's close out with the development of godliness. We've already talked about some of these, so we can get through these really fast. You guys can go ahead and prepare yourselves. The development of godliness. How is this developed? Develop? How do we add godliness to perseverance? Where well, it's going to require exercise. So, see, we don't like that word right there. Not one amen no amens. It will require exercise. Yeah. Now in the natural it's good to exercise three to five days a week. Six is even better. In the kingdom you need to exercise seven. Remember what Paul said in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 7 and 8. He counseled Timothy. He said, but neglect or reject profane and old wives' fables. You know those stories your grandparents tell you when you were growing up, all that stuff about church and God? Reject all that stuff if it's not found in the Scripture. And Exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having the promise of the life that now is, And that which is to come. So we've got to train every single day. We've got to practice every single day. And life will present many opportunities for you throughout the course of your day. The moment you wake up in your marriage, your children, soon as you go out the door and get to work. Come on, somebody on the way to work. By the time you sit, life will provide plenty of opportunities for you to train and practice all day, every day. The type of spiritual exercise that's needed is found in the latter verses. Verse 12 says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word. That word there is logos, the written word of God, in conduct, your behavior, in love, agape, unconditional. Love people regardless of how they treat you. In spirit, Numa, Holy Spirit. In faith, pistis, complete trust, total reliance. And in purity, purity equals plenty. Nobody gets excited about that. Not cheating on your spouse equals plenty. It is awesome to not cheat on somebody that you absolutely love someone that takes a stand against adultery will prosper and be successful who walks upright in those areas. Such an honor to keep your zipper zipped up as a single person. Such a blessing before God to save yourself for marriage and look someone right in the eye and say, no, I am not going to disappoint God in that way because I I love him too much and I want to please him more than I want to please you. Purity equals plenty. He says, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given by the prophecy with the laying out of hands of the leadership. Meditate on these things, Timothy. Give yourself entirely wholly to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continuing them, for in doing so, here it is, you'll save both yourself and those that hear you. Before you go out to witness to other people, make sure what you're witnessing has delivered you first. Before you try to use it to deliver other people. Did you hear what he said to Timothy? Do this for you first. Because in doing it, you'll save yourself. Watch this. And in saving yourself. See, see, this is going to shock you folks. I deliver a message. People come down to an altar. But that's not what saves them. You missed that. That flew right over your head. All that did was start the process of salvation. Whether or not they ever stay that way depends on what they do from that moment forward. All we can do is provide the resources. We can take you to the water. Can't make you drink. So essentially, what was he saying here? Timothy, set a good example for other people. Give attention to reading. See, the Word of God, this is how you train every single day. Wake up every day and be an example to other people. Every day, give attention to reading, especially the Word of God, right, because it builds you up. Then take how it, this is training. Then take that and use that to exhort other people and encourage other people. Teach them what you know and what you've learned. Make good use of your abilities. Don't waste your talents, gifts, and graces. Don't waste those. Focus your efforts on such things, and your progress will be evident to everyone. Never try to prove anything to people. Let the results of your life prove it to people. Don't defend who you are or what you're doing. Let the evidence and progress of your life do that for you. See what he told Timothy? You just train every day. And your profiting will appear and be evident to everybody. You train every day. You do your part, and it'll be evident. I mean, just like in the natural, we can tell somebody who goes to the gym and somebody who does not go to the gym. Right? You don't have to ask that question. They go to the gym. They don't go to the gym. <laughs> right or wrong? Why? Because it's evident. We don't look down on them. We don't talk about them. But it's evident. It'll be the same way spiritually if you train every single day. That person is close with God. Let's keep praying for them. Can you all see this? How many of y'all believe godliness is important? We won't get all of this in today, but I want you, will you promise you'll take this outline and study the rest of it? Two things he said here, I'm just going to say them to you. This requires abstinence. Exercise is one, but it also requires abstinence. The abstinence that he's referring to, folks, is the removal of yourself from arguing with people and debating with people. Study that. You promise me you'll do that? He literally said anyone who teaches that godliness is gain, stay away from them i got to show you that. Just look at this one. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Folks, when a person is under grace, they're free from materialism. Oh, Lord. Completely free from it no longer is it a pursuit or a desire. A friend of mine shared a, a post with me when I ministered in, in Phoenix, Arizona and the person had just bought a new Benz in 2016. Traded the Benz in for a 2006 Honda Accord. Said happier driving the 2006 Honda Accord paid for than they ever were making payments on the 2016 Benz. You'll be free from materialism. And anyone that's telling you you've got to get something to look a certain way, you'll be free from them too. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. Number one, it's going to manifest you no longer going to argue with people and dispute and debate because you don't have time for that. is, you're going to completely remove yourself from that because you don't need to. Because your posture is what I'm doing is to please God and my life will speak for itself. It's going to manifest in an absence from materialism. You're going to get to a place where you're only going to get things the right way. If we can't pay cash for it, we can't afford it. Look at this. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. See, here's the posture. For we bought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we will carry nothing out. Having food, this is the Bible, and clothing, with these things we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptations and a snare, a trap, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money. It's the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have even strayed away from the faith in their greediness, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, look at what he said, flee these things. (coughs) Right? That's why you never use God for gain. Don't come in here handing out your business cards. Come on, trying to get the role of the helps department. Don't ever use God for gain. Nothing's ever going to work out for anyone who is trying to use God to get rich. Are you all listening? See, as this church grows, do you realize people are going to join this church for a lot of different reasons? It's going to have a business director. It's going to support its own community. We've got to be smart about it says, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue what? Righteousness. What's that next word? What's that word? What's that word? So then is he saying, if I pursue these things, then the riches will find me. Is Is that what he's saying? Faith, love, patience, gentleness. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word for the edification, exhortation, and comfort of our souls. Have you been edified today? That's the Baptist church right there. That's where I come from. Let's all stand on our feet. We're done today. Did you all get anything out of this today? I said, did you all get anything out of this today? I said, did you all get anything out of this today? Are you free from people? If you're not, get free today. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Man, it feels good to be free. Glory to God. Come on, free people. Lift your hands and worship a free God and honor a free God. Make it your life's goal to pursue godliness not building your business I heard Peter Daniel say if you would spend as much time working on yourself as you do building your business you'll be a lot further along down the road in your business powerful statement I'll never forget that a lot of times we neglect self trying to get stuff and self ends up suffering lift your hands to the father Father, I pray today for maturity and growth in this church at a level that's not reflected in material things, but a level that's reflected in character. May we not be more excited about the cars that we drive and the houses that we live in. May 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 we be way more excited about the conduct of our character, how we treat people and our motives for why we do what we do. May that be our pursuit in life, Father, purity and righteousness and godliness. And Father, we have absolute trust and confidence you'll cause all the things to chase us down. Now, while you're in that attitude of prayer on today, if you're in this building, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray with and for you today. Man, what a great day. What a great day to give your life to Christ. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Don't put off to tomorrow what the Spirit of God is convicting you about today. If you don't know Jesus, get to know Him today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already born again, but I know my life does not... Ple- I know that what I'm living is not pleasing to God. You're saying, Pastor, I got to get my thinking right. I, gotta, I need to dedicate my life back to Christ. If that's you today... I want to pray with and for you. Thirdly, if you've never been baptized, fill with the Holy Ghost, Bible evidence.